Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. I um like I I found that that video was a bit uh, alienating because I didn't watch to the end before I had my opinion on it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like. It's not exactly that this is wrong, but it's wrong. <laughs> there, there's a weird feel to it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, they account. Yeah, they, they definitely account for it in the conclusion, though. Yeah, and I think that the way that you can uh, kind of talk shit on a thing almost entirely while subtly highlighting all the technical, high-minded things that are cool, uh, mm-hmm. like. Using philosophy to dis philosophy so that you can uh, convince someone that it's a w- waste of their time. It's like almost just like a good enough caveat. And then, all right, now here's my endorsement. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I think it's a clever, really clever video that, um, you know, it sort of tricks people who think they agree into watching for long enough to figure out that they were wrong. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's, that's a really good way to put it, actually. Yeah, I think if someone um, carries away the wrong conclusion, it's just it. It's they're probably not going to be a philosopher. But mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that that's accounted for in the whole structure of the exactly, man. Goddamn yeah. thing. which is exactly uh, how those structures should be made, right? I think so, because in a way, it's how you can speak English right in like plain earshots of anyone and have no one know what you're saying, and it's practically like a your own little code language. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, that is one of the things I've noticed, because, like, for me, the technical space of ontology is is basically over the head and under the radar of the pragmatic mind. Mm-hmm. And the pragmatic mind seems to be wrapped in a bubble of utilitarianism that yeah all of us tap into it's like almost like beta beta brainwaves uh mm-hmm. in terms of uh flow state jargon mm-hmm. that space is unavoidably necessary for everyone's waking life and when we when we never fail to Oh, wait, let me start that again. When we fail to kind of peer outside of that bubble, there's just no possible clue that there could be more than it works and just use what works. You cut out for a sec. Do you want to do oh, that last bit again? Yeah, so <laughs> like I said... Uh, there's no possible way for something. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, if If you can never like peer beyond the uh, pragmatic and utilitarian bubble of let's just call it beta consciousness there's mm-hmm. uh, there's like a a blind spot that is almost never going to be shown to you or revealed in the same way that I look at the way a religious person of you know really harsh logic perhaps mm-hmm. 
thinks about like the revealed nature of God itself. Yeah, definitely. I think when oh, it's hard to say though, because you know, as neither of us happen to be one, you know, I used um, to. Yeah, I know, but your opinion of what you were then is gonna is gonna be blinded by what you are now, don't you think? Somewhat. Like I've mm-hmm. I've got like a string of continuity from like my old childhood self that thought it was going to be in Jehovah's Witness terms a part of the hundred and forty four thousand. Mm-hmm. So like I at an early age got implanted upon the idea that I could be special. And I ran with that because I thought that was true and I felt that way and I was into comic books and really religion was just like a placeholder for what ended up being a love of comic books. Well, the Marvel universe at least. And mm-hmm. when I started to kind of repurpose or update the religious architecture that I had been raised with, that's where I noticed that it was well, as an eventual realization that I was it was all just imagination and that people were taking that imaginary structure to the highest degree of ultimate significance without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, saying then that um, like you being special it w- was imaginary? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you're special, but you're special to me, Eddie. I'm, yeah, mean? I'm unique. And I think I'm, I'm a good friend. And my wife did mention mm-hmm. recently in a very validating way that uh, she finally sees my gift with all of this, with philosophy and with my personality and all that shit, uh, that I might have a way to kind of bridge a lot of these warlike divides that exist in all of our species. I think that's very accurate. I hope it's true. And looks true to me. Okay, cool. And, Thanks, man. I mean, it seems like you attribute some significance to how things look to me. So, you know. Well, the way that you have been able to help my mind... Uh, what did I call it earlier? I called it profound grounding. My mind has been mm-hmm. profoundly grounded in a way that I, I've never experienced in 36 years of living. And that largely is due to the friendship that you and I have, have fostered. All right, get, I, um, <laughs> sorry, go. Not to get too bromancy or anything. no like uh i feel the same way and i think like in the more technical sense it has a lot to do with um dm theory right like not it's not just you know like the the back and forth that we have where i help you clear up your thoughts it's more Mm -hmm. it's more than that it's that the way that i help you clear up your thoughts is continuous it's the same it's the one method it works every time and that is not something that you found before me right Everything else has been arbitrary. This has been deterministic. Hmm. And it's really, yeah. Well, I could, I don't want to elaborate. Just you go. No, I was just gonna say it's a really it's a an interesting characterization because like I agree with it, but it sort of like implies what I would say is the more relevant um, conclusion, which is that there is something to it that's like meaningful in a transcendent sense, not in the. Uh, subjective existential significance yeah it's it grounds the transcendent in a way that isn't based on bullshit mm-hmm. absolutely and, i mean that's just a, a very blunt way to put it but uh i've never been able to realize that i was logical until dm theory and as a proponent of it now like that 
it's I never wanted to talk about my theories the way that I can talk about DM theory. Let's put it that way. Because I knew my shit was arbitrary. But I was going to do like a, well, here's the magician's trick about how I came up with like X theory or antinomic mm-hmm. existentialism or any of the stuff that I've named. But mm-hmm. it's been developing over time. And I do admit that I had a lot of good pieces of the puzzle. But they were never, ever... Organized properly. Thank you. That's exactly right. They were never organized correctly, and they're still getting there. Because I, yeah, I think sure. about the debate of how how people could stop war. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that it comes with sweeping generalizations, the removal of borders or boundaries or any of that. And <laughs> if if I were to put a, a title to it or a name, it's the the name would be panarchism, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that you could change in the direction of better only incrementally and only at the local level. And if all the local levels would, you know, update in the same direction, that's desirable. But the idea is that they don't have to because it would be like controlling speech. If you restrict speech any more than the rules of language restrict it, you've already lost. Uh, a large section of what humanity would need to solve the problem. Definitely. You, you've essentially, um, what would you say? There has been meaning lost. Yeah. It's like when you're, when you're like um, converting between um, different types of number um, in, within, within programming. Like mm-hmm. some of the formats just don't support the extra information. And if you freely convert between them, without any thought about um, like the medium, then what you end up with is an incorrect answer. Yeah. Does, have you looked into that term semantic interoperability? Mm, I mean, I can roughly understand what you mean by it, but do you want to... I don't know like, if I know enough about the actual you know, practice or thing of it, but uh, it, it seems to be about the yeah, way that computers can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And like the way that they end up interpreting the sets of information that they're, uh, I don't know, filtering through. If there's a a translator, gosh, no, yeah, I don't really know exactly what it means, but if if something can be interoperable on its semantic level, that seems to me to be like. If it's based in computer code or computer logic, it's it's something that we could mirror and find within the human realm a space that mm-hmm. gradually makes it more and more pragmatic, so that a person of that uh, what is it the pragmatic frame of reference is able to interface with it, just like the way people didn't have to know everything about computers in order to log on and use the internet. So it's like a they get like a browser essentially with what I'm trying to think in this concept, which is I don't even know why I brought it up because I haven't thought through it all the way. Mm. That that is actually what I, I've noticed. I do. I have really good starts to thoughts or imaginings or what have you, mm-hmm. and then I I treat them basically just like paint on a canvas that I'm splattering. 
to see what sticks. So. Yeah, I get you. Um, and then what you help me do is either extend it or throw it in the trash bag, trash box, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if Chris is actually listening, because I think he could probably help with that distinction. I do too. But he seems to be got his headphones off, I'm guessing. Mm. Little motherfucker. Right? Um, Dude, he was good on that whole thing too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris is always good in terms of clarifying arguments. I love that he brought up the whole fact of Australia <laughs> as being... Yeah, I know. I hadn't even things. considered that, man. It was so, so clever and perfect. It was like almost comedically timed, actually. Yeah, dude. If he had thought a bit more before he said it, he could have made it a joke. He could have, yeah, totally. <laughs> that was really good. Really, great. It really was. Oh, I do have something that we could talk about, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'd love for you to help me kind of um, trim any fat that might be either subconsciously or just residually attached to the Paragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely so, down for that. Okay. So my idea of it is that, you know, the bottom half represents all that is the most uh, hardly deterministic, hard deterministically arrived at data sets that are pretty, I would think at the hardest level that you can go with it, that would be just like whatever it is that the LHC has collected about particle physics. Mm -hmm. If there was a way to reduce and simplify that into a data packet that you could install point down at the bottom of that static, uh, pyramid because the bottom half is supposed to represent all that is absolutely true and this is my way of trying to think about how it is because the structure makes sense to me and how I use the structure makes sense because the edges kind of serve as razor like uh, principle mm-hmm. of parsimony so sure. they slice the nonsense away from being input into the very very tiny foundation at the which is a pinpoint and mm-hmm. let me illustrate this point really quick. Like, it's as if like I could do a ballerina's pose, thanks to DM theory, on like data logic itself, and then my body is you know all the way at the top. At, so the top point at the uh, regular part of the pyramid of the octahedron would then be my own subjective starting point and for me personally it's just the ego of no ego an obvious imaginary frame of reference that pretends like it's not speaking on behalf of itself Mm -hmm. and it's it is possible i think to you know speak on behalf of a collective and be accurate but that's i don't know that's kind of like a that you would be understood at the level that you're trying to speak about something is impossible based on everyone's presuppositions that are listening to you. And even if we had an audience of all people that were deemed theoretically informed, I don't believe that everyone, like you said, would have any uh, just disagreeability. Like that would still be a thing to have to contend with in terms of human psychology. For sure. Um, so, 
like I'm happy to help try to remove the um, what would you say the fat, as it were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what exactly? How do you conceive of the paragon then? And like, let's quickly. You should probably say what the Paragon is, because although I know what you mean, um, those listening and who, who might be listening to the recording probably will not know. Thank you. Yes. So the Paragon is supposed to represent a way that we could mediate truth and truth claim. And uh, in a way, it's supposed to be a model of what the objective architecture of subjectivity itself is while it's interfacing with its environment so it's supposed mm-hmm. to represent like object and subject all at once it's okay supposed so to... oh, okay go ahead why the paragon uh it's a perfect example of what of perception oh okay so it's like um it's supposed to be say? a perfect example of perception it's a proposal for the way to see things. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And to okay. ma- namely see ourselves. And, but in the context of ourselves as we interact with the world, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you say? Like, could you, that, that's like what it is. Would you, do you want to like try to fill it out for me and give me an idea of like what you think the details of that are? Yeah. So uh, at, the, at the middle of the whole octahedron structure it kind of it kind of serves as like a suspension of conclusion space like everything that because at the center of that middle point is what i'm calling the neutral data point Mm -hmm. that's where like the mediation of an idea from a metaphorical truth something that's really kind of deeply intuited and helpful and useful all the other things that end up being kind of true about pragmatics, if mm-hmm. it is able to kind of get down into a space where people don't contest it, so it has some kind of individual satisfaction without neglecting the collective and vice versa. It, so, neutral data point. Like, yeah. are you saying like something we can all agree on at the bottom? Yeah. No, at the middle. At the middle? And, what do you mean by yeah. the middle? The middle of the structure is like a, just a little sphere. Um, that okay, but represents... so you're saying like, so is this whole structure a sphere? Uh, at the middle, yes, but it's encased by a... Hmm? So like the octahedron surrounds the sphere. Okay. No, but I think what I'm saying is like, um, if you're not just saying the middle though, you're saying like um, the... Um, it's not just middle in one axis. It's middle in every axis, isn't it? Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Okay. So it's like the, what would you call it? the the um. Is it a fulcrum? That's hmm. probably sure. a better. There's probably an actual thing for it. Vector yeah. equilibrium. I'm not too sure what it is called. It but might like, be the vector about... equilibrium. Yeah, you're talking about um. Hmm. It is something that is at the bottom, though, in the metaphorical sense, as in yes. it, is, it is the point from which everything else is built. It is essentially the, the admission of all presuppositions, and then finding out which ones of those are able to pass through the filter of hard determinism into the space of data logic itself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, 
for my mind, I had to translate between the aspect of it that we can consider dynamic and the aspect of it that we have to consider that we must necessarily or apodictically consider as uh, static. Mm -hmm. So, so sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, actually, if you have a question. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, so we, we, we've established that, like, the neutral data point is, like, um, so it's neutral because everybody can agree on it. That's right? That, because it, the reason why I think that is because it would have, like, a receptacle of the actual data that is going to be neutralized. So it's that. What do you mean neutralized, though? Uh, so, hmm. No longer contested, perhaps. Mm, but why? Because it's actually it's, true. Because it's actually true and accepted as an eternal fact, like that. And accepted by what everybody? Yeah. Okay. Or everybody. So you're saying like it. the neutral data point is something wherein, if you do consider it, then you evaluate it to be true because it is formulated in such a way that the way that you think about it guarantees that you will think it is true. Yep, that you will be forced to side with the alternative is essentially uh, some type of limit and frame, scope, information, deception. We can list all the reasons as to why people don't end up apprehending truth, but that seems like a, a, another topic which I would put into data logical pragmatics. Mm -hmm. But right. what I'm trying to say is that like the neutral data point is itself the proposal of the structure that receives a data packet of any kind, whether it's neutral or not. It, oh, okay. So the, the neutral, right, yeah. so the neutral data point is the like proposal um, space kind of. Yeah. It's where, um, what would you say? where all information can be evaluated and none of it is um, rejected outright. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. It, like, it could be okay. complete nonsense uh, that's metaphorically significant and presuppositional basis, and all of that. But like, if it doesn't stay in that space because it's just absolute bullshit, let's say, it just it ends up having the same effect that a magnet that is of opposite polarity. It repels out of that space literally just mm -hmm. rejected okay i understand that so the neutral data point then i feel like i understand what you mean cool um and so the paragon is what sorry the paragon is just this uh posed uh example of perfection in dialectic considerations our perceptual uh mm -hmm operations so is it something that like when we say like the way that to see things the proper way to see things the way everybody should see things mm -hmm. and you're saying like um the neutral data point is the point that everybody can agree on which is can be used to evaluate any information no matter what um like constitution it has even if it's ridiculous Absolutely. um it still gets evaluated yep. are we saying then that um if you if everybody can agree on um, a neutral data point. Are we saying that the paragon um, like emerges over time? Is it like proposed? Yeah, well, how, how does it happen? It's essentially like it starts with the points. Like every every bit of 
uh, information, packet of information, let's say, is a sphere. And those spheres end up constituting the different points that get brought up in a dialectic that eventuate the structure of a pair of the octahedron, which I just call the paragon synonymous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the, the details then that fill in that structure after it kind of emerges over time with the actual kind of, let's just say mathematic representations. So the paragon then is the abstract shape of yes. what one might call the product, uh, which is all the details, right? So if, if it had yeah. all the details, would you say mm-hmm. then that the paragon is the geometric representation of the philosophy? Yes, yeah. And like, uh, I mean, more or less the tool of the philosophy. That's very interesting, right? So yeah. like in this context, just for clarity, the philosophy refers to um, like an understanding of the world and of the self and how everything therein interacts, um, which, you know, like uh, is proposed by someone that is formulated such that everybody disagrees. So everybody agrees with that. And even people who disagree are doing so in the way described by the philosophy. Yep. And they're even in some ways performatively reinforcing yes, aspects exactly. of it. That's, that's, that's the argument is that even if you uh, cognitively hold that the philosophy is not true, um, if in doing so you affirm it performatively, then mm-hmm. you have a contradiction within you. Yep. And it's exactly what we just witnessed. No luck. The mm-hmm. contradiction of his dancing around the point that was him not coming to consideration of your proposed neutral data point, which was that, that what he's saying is absurd, essentially. And it is an absurd sure. conclusion. But well, I think that wasn't, that wasn't quite the neutral data point, though. I, did, I feel like in that uh, discussion, where I normally would not do such a thing, I actually proposed to him what the neutral data point in that context of war would be, yeah. right? It's, it's um, a presuppositional understanding that everybody mm-hmm. agrees on, yeah. basically. Yeah. And that was like, if he could have grasped that, that would have been, in my opinion, a a realization that he had not considered in the past. And Mm -hmm. he, he rejected that, like, what I would say gift, but it's, well, I mean, he did message me and said that, like, uh, he was just like a bit afterwards, he was telling his girlfriend about how he wouldn't have thought of like the, some of the, um, counterexamples that I'd put to him if we hadn't had the discussion. So there's a good chance that he will change his mind going forward, you know, Uh, but in terms of like in the moment, it doesn't seem like he's learned the adaptability that you and I, um, let's say, elevate. Yeah, and that we're actually just like, we're heuristically, for me, this is, and I'm I'm not certain. You just dropped out twice. Oh, sorry. So for me, this is heuristics, and Mm -hmm. I'm not really certain that what you and I are saying is like anything other than what we should be considering. Like I'm, yeah. I'm fairly confident, certain if I want to just overstate it, mm-hmm. that this is good stuff to consider for people that have minds like ours. But yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That being said, I can acknowledge even with that like philosophy video that you just shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's basically a point that that video makes like, you kind of have to use the thing that you're using and then reject it a little bit, but then bring it back 
it's like a love-hate relationship kind of that I have with this ongoing process of basically just putting words to reality and hoping that it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, man. Okay, so... Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying... So it feels like we actually captured it. The paragon would be the geometric representation mm -hmm. of the philosophy. But it's, you said something that I wasn't quite sure I followed, which was that it was the... Oh, I don't remember exactly what you said. It was a claim more than the one that I just made about geometry. Higher okay. Than. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, it might have been. Sometimes I unnecessarily inflate claims. Um, mm -hmm. It's a force of habit. But let me, let me see if I can try to offer a guess. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times when I'm using the word is, I'm... I'm relying on like the framework that I've received from DM theory, but the the way that it comes to me is is always in like an aesthetic kind of preferential way. And sometimes, let me just say say it this much: sometimes I I can say this in a practical way too. Uh, I have such an aesthetic preference that ends up making retarded things that don't work but they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm always on the watch for shit like that because I don't want to mislead people. I really, I, I really like the fact that I'm one of those types that busted free from a cult and can see the cult in myself and in others and across society for that matter and have thought of fun, simple ways to help people bust out of that. In many ways, the paragon represents a way to be able to relate to your own mind in a way that allows it to call bullshit on itself and on everything else. Um, just for the sake of, like I said, that consideration space, that propositional area. Um, free imagining zone, right there at the middle. Is it data logical or not? Okay, if it's not, fine. It may be still significant um, in some metaphor way to a human being in a given era whatever the information or value mm -hmm. may be but is that going to be relevant to the dynamic i outlined in terms of all individuals accept it and all collectives accept it and vice versa they don't like kind of predict in any uh it's likely that the values that most people hold in the metaphorical truth zone are going to be in conflict and not actually capable of being encased in the harmonic upper pyramid chamber of the paragon. So they would be outside of that octahedron space, but it would still be within an inverted, like I said, pyramid. Um, I have to, I'll probably have to depict that part a little bit. But uh, like I, I gave an analogy the other night about how like the pyramid on the dollar bill, how it has that raised top section from the base with the eye of providence mm -hmm. okay so that's kind of what i mean like there, there's a disconnect in some ways with the way that people's metaphorical truth can be self-evaluated as within a paragon of perfection of some sort um 
I kind of just misspeak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be like really diplomatic here, and I think it's confusing. Uh, in essence, I mean to say some metaphorical truths are not going to be datalogically significant enough to be within the paradigm. Yeah, I definitely to agree. Even with that. be a metaphorical truth that would serve the dialectic of this whole enterprise. Did we cut out? Again? I think no, no, no. I had that. Yeah. I was just thinking. Um, what do you? Can you think of examples? I can't really. Uh, Listen, you don't want to, or you can't. And I also don't want to, but I, I should. I should be kind of put to fire on. Uh. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Well, what do I absolutely detest that I might not need to? Uh, I've found a lot of exceptions things over the past couple of years too. So, uh, I I really do dislike ignorance mm -hmm. of one's own ignorance. Oh, for sure. But I don't know exactly how to kind of start talking about that. Hmm. Like, well, as I a, mean, it, go ahead. Is that okay? So, yeah, I think that's denial, right? Yeah, denial. More than anything. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Denial would be the word for it because it's not it's not exactly the ignorance that's the problem. It's the refusal to accept that you are indeed ignorant. Right. Um so, yeah, denial pretty yeah, that's a good example of it because I don't think that is something that will be acceptable once we have something that approximates the paragon because Yep. Well, you can deny it all you like. You mm -hmm. will be the one that's left behind and it won't make a difference to anybody else if you're going to sit there in your make-believe world and deny what everybody accepts to be true. Exactly, man. Dude, there's a, a knowing biblical scripture that is still with me. I don't know the exact one. I think it's Revelation. But it's uh, like after the kingdom of heaven has been established, and this is a Jehovah's Witness interpretation of the Bible. So mm -hmm. take that with a grain of salt. But it says like everyone's all kind of in paradise because that's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. And uh, the kingdom of heaven is on earth. You know, everything's perfect. But, and outside are the dogs. Uh, that scripture seems to be indicative of a little bit of the spirit of what we're talking about here. Because without getting too out in the bush with this, uh, you can deny things forever, and infinite regress is always an option. And there is no real way to stop insanity that convicts to itself. And there's a type of immaturity that just doubles down and will not uh, respond to any information inputs whatsoever. And I mean primarily in the example of a tantruming, sick, two-year-old child. Like, if it wants to scream and you want to ask it nicely and be kind and use the most gentle tone and 
sign mm-hmm. language and just every mode of communication that you can imagine. Uh, it still were rejected. I've been rejected in that way by my own children. And it, let's just say it's like a towel dropped and they were so upset about it <laughs> that they <laughs> were screaming about it in a way that I just could not, I couldn't give in to the tyranny of emotion, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I felt justified in not doing it. Therefore, I just was trying to be there to help them walk through the emotion. But the fact that I wasn't giving them the thing, the object of their desire, was reason to make them perceive that I was the bad guy. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it because, you know, often what often what we perceive is based on, um, like, the framework that we carry into a situation, not the situation itself. Yes. And I think kids, like kids especially, are very... Very ignorant to that fact. <laughs> Understandably, but it's like it, it's comedic. So mm, for sure, it, yeah, it's so comedic, but it's it's fucking hell on earth to have to hear it. The sound of a screaming child is just, I tell you, <laughs> can't, can't your blessings, man. <laughs> man, uh, like I've heard enough of it. I know how I react to it in like a shopping center, so I can emulate what it would be like if it was like my own child. There you go. Oh, so emulate. Good word. Uh, will you distinguish that from simulate? Yeah, of course. Emulate is to like, um, uh, like make a representation which seeks to be authentic to the original. Mm. Simulate is like try to make the original happen again in a like in a, not exactly it's more like get get it exactly right that's a simulation emulation oh, is um get the spirit of it right um, yeah like, emulation sort of, yeah you get the important stuff right this is what the paragon is that's an emulation of my imagination oh okay i think okay. i get you that and that is exactly what i meant the other day you i used the word simulate and you're like i don't know if that's accurate and i was like it was just the only one I had in mind, but mm-hmm. emulate gets closer to the point. Yeah, that would make sense. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, no worries, man.